0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: When you get a ticket for not wearing your seatbelt, it comes from the police. And from your mother. And your best friend. And your family. We want you to buckle up every trip, every time. Three out of four people ejected from a vehicle in a crash will die.
0: If you won't do it for yourself, do it for us. We like having you around.
1: Click it or ticket. A message from the Michigan Office of Highway Safety Planning. Turn
0: off your laptop.
1: We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many
0: rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation.
2: Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Hello, good evening and welcome to this LFC Day Tripper special. I am your host Gav and with me I have Grizz and journalist David Lynch from The Evening Standard. This show will be about 45 minutes long. We're going to cover the cast decision on Manchester City, the response of a couple of Premier League managers. We're going to talk about Liverpool's transfer strategy as the summer approaches, or we're in it, but the summer of the transfer window approaches and also any questions that you may have, you can throw them in and we will ask a few towards David and Grizz as the show goes on. David, you are extremely welcome. How are are you?
1: Yeah, I'm good. Not too bad. As things
2: good. We were talking off air beforehand, and um, I was asking you what it's like to be a correspondent for Liverpool uh, for a newspaper. Let us know what it's like, and you can give us the good and bad.
1: Yeah, well, I, I launched straight into the bad, didn't I? It was motivated by yeah. people like me on Twitter, which is probably a bit too <laughs> negative. But no, apart apart from that, it is it is a phenomenal job. I'm so lucky to sort of follow this incredible team, in particular, up and down the country. And, yeah, I mean, I, I worked for the club before I did this job and it, the, the fact I've sort of followed this, this whole transformation of the club's been a bit of a privilege, really. It's, it's just, just incredible football and, and great people involved. And yeah, it, it is, it's, it's everything you dream of, really.
2: It sounds it, um, especially at a time like this when you know. Of since Klopp's arrived, he, he's built something very special, and it's culminated in a Champions League win last season and a league title win this season. To be to be a supporter of it is is amazing, but to be I suppose to be right there in front of it for the vast majority must be must be absolutely brilliant. Tonight, I'm going to start with the with the decision from Cas with regards to um, Man City and the two year band that they were it was proposed that they were going to get. It's turned out the ban has been lifted and a ten million fine has been imposed on Manchester City. Grizz, um we've had a we've had like what a little over twenty-four hours to kind of digest this this news now. What are you making of it? Because there seems to be strong words coming from, you know, Josie Mourinho has said, well if you're guilty you shouldn't pay a pound. Um and if or if you're not guilty you shouldn't have to pay a pound. If you're guilty, you know what's going on, you know, 10 million, what's going on? And Klopp has said, it's, I think he said it's a bad day for football. What are you making of all this, Chris? It's
0: a bit of a drama, isn't it? And I think, I don't think we've heard the end of it. I mean, I know um, there's a further report coming out tomorrow, which will sort of give us more insight. I think I think it was possibly unfair on reporters asking uh, managers uh, about the situation without possibly the managers or possibly anyone knowing about what was things at. Um I'm not an expert on it. That's the first thing. And so from our point of view, just as a, as a, as a layman, as a lay fan, <laughs> it's not a surprise. Honestly, God, to, 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 to sort of someone who doesn't, hasn't investigated it, hasn't looked into it, it's not a surprise. And that's the worst part of it that we didn't expect that we didn't have any trust in sort of this investigation to be sort of carried out, and them being found guilty, and and the and the, and the appeal decision to be sort of you know upheld. Um, with the with regards to the fine, I've just sort of vaguely read up on it, and it seems to be the fine is for uh, non-compliance, so it's it's more to do with. <laughs> I don't want to give it sort of a layman's example, but it's more to do with, uh, you know, not giving your books in basically, or not showing your books when you're asked or not, you know, every time sort of um, the governing bodies are asking for some information, it seems as though they didn't comply, as opposed to break rules per se. So I think there's a slight confusion in terms of, look, they were found not guilty, they were found guilty, but on appeal, they were found not guilty of breaking the rules. But they were still guilty of non-compliance. That's the understanding I've got. Of course, over to David, who'll have probably more insight than me. But that's no. uh, that's that's <laughs> <in a> straight away. <laughs> but that's uh, look to, to us, lay people. That's where how it seems and how it's been interpreted.
2: Yeah, it is.
1: I, I that's a fair yeah, point in terms of the. We, we it's hard for us to know more uh, until obviously we get David
2: to, on mute.
1: Yeah. Oh,
2: now I can it? hear him.
1: Um, yeah, it's hard to sort of know more until we we get those full reasonings for the decision coming out. Um, that that's going to tell us an awful lot in terms of what Cass agreed with in terms of UEFA's charge. I thought that the interesting part of it in terms of what they said was um, obviously mm-hmm. that the, the obviously the, the part that the fine was for the non-compliance was interesting in terms of it makes you ask the question: Well, why why weren't City compliant? Um, if they didn't agree with the rules in the first place, why did they sign up to them? If this compliance was a, a sort of way to push back on that, then it wasn't probably the best way to go around it. Um, and also the fact that it was mentioned that UEFA sort of had uh, left left it long enough that the, the the charge wasn't relevant, that they couldn't basically you know, the the statute of limitations on UEFA's own rules have basically excluded them from being able to charge City anyway or effectively put the ban in place. So I think when we get these written reasons, we'll sort of learn more about whether it was that statute of limitations that really did cost UEFA, because if that's the case, then effectively City haven't been exonerated here, they've been found guilty and and got off on a technicality. But, you know, at the moment, I am just speculating and, you know, we will have to, Wait for those written reasons because there is every chance they, they come out and they do completely exonerate City and, and Cass have found that, that that UEFA's case was was completely flimsy to begin with but it'll be it'll be very very interesting to see those.
2: It's it is interesting because you know I don't think UEFA have come out of this in any way a good way. Um, the, you know. The, People are looking at them going, Is this is this ridiculous? Like like you've said, a statute of limitations on on a on a charge that they're bringing to them under their own law, you know. And yeah. which is which is insane. You know, it, it's it's mad like to think that UEFA are trying to charge Man City with something without checking their own law and a statute of limitations. If that's the case, you know, Chris Brack says ten million for being obstructive. So if you've nothing to hide, why are you being obstructive? It's a very fair question. But when I look, David, are you surprised by this? Because we done a show on Sunday night and, of course, the decision was due on Monday morning. And I think two of us said a year ban. I, I thought he would get away with it because I, I never seen City declaring innocence. I just seen them basically going, well, no, this is not right. And the way you got your information wasn't correct. And apparently the way the emails that have been that were leaked Basically, City have told uh, Cast that, I oh, know they were misinterpreted. It, it all seems a big mess, but, but when, it, when you look at the reaction of Mourinho and, and of Klopp, do you think a lot of clubs in the Premier League are going to be very upset with this because they've probably planned for City are getting done here and we can plan on that landscape, but now it's back to, well, have they got the freedom to do what they want now?
1: Yeah, I think managers will be upset about it. I know in Liverpool's case, in particular, that FSG will will not be happy about this at all. In terms of they've spoken so regularly about how important financial fair play was to them in the terms of their decision to get involved in Liverpool, and if they're going to get end up involved in a sort of financial arms race with the likes of Manchester City, it's they know they can't win that battle. So that is, you know, they've got every reason to sort of be upset about this. I think it was interesting that that both Mourinho and Klopp took the took the line that they did today in terms of not just saying, oh, well, you know, fair enough, City have have been found not guilty by Cass or they've been exonerated by Cass. They they both sort of doubled down on the idea that, you know, as far as they were concerned, City City had cheated and they, they, they hadn't at least, you know, acted in the spirit of the rules that they signed up to, so... Yeah, I think I think managers and, you know, club owners will be frustrated. It was, you know, with it being Tottenham and Liverpool the, the two who've spoken in the most high profile today about it, mm. that was interesting they're two clubs who are very much run in a or try to be run in a sustainable way, and they're they're the clubs who sort of stand to suffer if, if Manchester City are, are given free reign to, to spend what they want.
0: Well it's interesting because Arteta, the Arsenal manager, had a totally different take on it.
1: Uh <laughs> well he was
0: and, and, Exactly. You know, w- what a surprise there, the way he came out with it. And it was sort of um, totally the opposite of Mourinho and Klopp. I haven't heard any other manager um, um, talk about it today, but I heard Arteta and it was just st- the staggering the difference in his tone, you know, being part of probably most of that setup at the time, you know, when the investigation was taking place. And he was like, but, but the misinformation is still out there. For example, you know, He came out and completely said, sort of, they've been proved not guilty. Well, they haven't been proved not guilty. So, do you know what I mean? I I don't know how, why he said that and no one took him up on it in the press conference. He said, look, they deserve it on the pitch uh, and they've been proved not guilty off the pitch. So, of course, I'm totally happy and accept uh, the the decision. But I thought that was quite, you know, staggering. He said that
2: or worded um... like that. There's, there's a couple of other things there um David as you know as as Mourinho said today let the circus begin and there was another question there um asking are the premier league still investigating them um, because obviously th- these investigations coincided and people believe that if if UEFA's case against them was upheld by Cass that it would be it would be the Premier League would have to double down on Manchester City because you know Cass can't be saying yes these have done all these things wrong at the Premier League going oh well it's okay you know that's not going to happen but does the circus begin David because you know is it a case of okay listen there's probably a technicality but they know what they're doing all right, they know what they've done. They know what they're doing, and they 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 can see it. They've seen it, and they just haven't managed, as you said, with a statue of limitations to to put a, put an end to it. Would this make City look around and say, "Hold on, <laughs> it probably was a technicality, and we need to probably get our house in order a bit better now"? Because if if you wait for having in them, they probably come back looking again.
1: Yeah, you, you would you would hope that these written reasons sort of offer some encouragement in that regard. So make you feel like uh, that, that there is it is almost a tech, technicality, and like you say, that statute of limitations is the reason that City got off. Because if if that is the case, then I'm 100 percent sure that they will feel that okay, well we can't get caught doing this again. Um, you know, and sort of they'll have to rein the spending in a little bit, or at least spend within the means to some degree. Um, I suppose that is the only upside. Is if if these written reasons come out and they do state that that basically there had been some evidence of wrongdoing there. Um, although the, the initial statement we got was sort of quite hardline about the fact that there wasn't, which was interesting. Um, but if the, you know, there's a hint that the 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 UEFA or Cas had sort of sensed some wrongdoing in there, then that that would hopefully sort of rein city in a little bit. And in fact, it could also sort of. Work in the Premier League's favour in terms of them trying to bring some sort of case against City because if that evidence of wrongdoings there and UEFA couldn't prosec- uh, couldn't sort of push a charge through on the basis of the timing, then I'm not entirely 100% sure about the Premier League's rules around that. But if they've got any sort of room for manoeuvre, I'm sure they would act on it.
2: Yeah, it's um, it, it, it's it's one of those now where we are going to have to wait and see what the Premier League do. Um, Grizz, I want to move her on because, you know, we could talk about that all night and like David said, we're going to have to see the written explanations with regards to this before we can actually, you know, discuss it again. Um, but moving on, Grizz, there's been a lot of money lost over COVID, um, coronavirus, and, you know, we're looking at mid-March to, basically, it's still going on. You know, what games are being oh, yeah, played, is, and, yeah. you know, yeah, okay, it's, it's yeah, uh, yeah and, and we're looking, I've seen reports saying that Premier League are hoping for a certain percentage of fans in by next season. I don't believe that. But, the amount of money lost, Chris, surely is going to have effect on everybody, not only Liverpool, um, but, but sticking with Liverpool as well. It's, it has to have a massive effect on A the running of the club and B the planning in 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 the future. I'm coming around to the thought that this summer is going to be um, quieter than quiet, to be honest.
0: Um, I think majority of the fan base has come round to realizing or accepting. Well, I say majority, there's still some um people out there that want us to sort of go mad. But look, it is what it is, that there's not a business. I mean, let's, you know, put aside football, there's not a business that hasn't been affected by this in on every level, and every in, in every society, on every level, you know, there's, there's business finances have been impacted massively and it's sort of changed the whole outlook of companies, left, front and center. And look, as much as we say and we we will discuss FSG or whatever, but to them, Liverpool is a business, and they have to run it as a business, and therefore they will be sensible about it. And one of the things they have to look at is, you know, all this income that has been lost. Add on top of sort of players' contracts. Don't don't forget, we have practically won everything that we put into players' contracts. That sort of means loads of bonuses. Now that's a good thing. But it's an expensive thing as well. So we're paying p- paying off bonuses, new contracts. Unfortunately, there has to be a hit somewhere. And you know, I think the 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 owners have sort of kind of made it clear that one of the avenues that will have to be sort of you know downsized is is transfer fees for for incoming players. Unfortunately, that's the way it's gotta be. I do believe, I hundred percent believe that if it wasn't for this Global pandemic, then there would have been hundred percent. I'm convinced there would have been investment and significant investment. But look, we're part of a, a wider community, world community that's affected, and we're we're part of that. Unfortunately, we haven't got sugar daddies a la Roman Abramovich and and City. That possibly are the only ones, unless the Saudi takeover takes place of Newcastle, that will sort of spend as per. I mean you know there's there's no way anyone else can operate on the same level as them because of the reasons we said and look unfortunately it's it's just unfortunate it's mad it's frustrating it's sort of disappointing but it's just unfortunate i think the timing is just the timing of it is absolutely you know mad for us because we you know a lot of fans frustrations sort of comes from at our best where we've been, sort of where we've got this new Nike deal, where we're on top of the world in in every sense, apart from investment in the team. So you can understand that frustration, but it, 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 I think, you know, a lot of people have got to look past that and, and sort of deeper into it. And unfortunately, we're in, we're in the situation we are now, which I agree with you, it's going to be a very, very quiet summer.
2: David, um, is it, is it fair to say, and this might be a very simplistic way of putting it, but unless you're owned by a sovereign state, um it's going to be extremely difficult to spend money um during this transfer window and possibly the one after that as well, and possibly the one next summer. Um, you know, and I'd even I'd even put Manchester United into that boat um because you, you know, like you, you've spoken a couple of minutes ago about how spores and Liverpool look to be ran in a certain way, self sustaining. And, and Manchester United are self, self sustaining, sorry. It, even when you take away the, the the Glacier issue, which a lot of Manchester United fans have with, you know, buying the club off loans, taking money out every year, they are still self sufficient when you look at it. They're a money making machine. Is it fair to say that there's probably, you can probably count on one hand the amount of clubs that can actually delve into the transfer window over the next, I don't know. The next year, um, can you count them on one hand?
1: Yeah, I would think so. I mean, it's it, it, with Liverpool. It's you know I've seen a lot of debate about this, and it, it sort of it fascinates me. Of, um, a lot of criticism of the ownership, um, people with very short memories. Obviously, this is the, the ownership who have taken Liverpool from the brink of administration and complete non-existence, or potential relegation to lower leagues, and having to become a phoenix club. Uh, to to literally the peak of the European game, uh, the world game, in fact, um, and also th- there's no there's no doubt about the financial uh, the the way Liverpool run financially. There's no secret about it. They literally release the accounts every year, so we can clearly see that every time there's been a profit, which has been the past couple of seasons. So things have been going well on the pitch, and that's been reflected in terms of the money coming in. Every time there's been a profit, there's been a huge outgoing either on transfers or uh, massive new contracts. Grizz mentioned about bonuses and things like that. Contracts, if, if keeping hold of you your star players is extremely expensive, as is obviously going out and signing new ones like Virgil van Dijk, Fabinho, Alice and people like that. So Liverpool have been basically, every time there's new money coming in, they've been hitting it straight out. So they've been running at zero, uh, basically on that limit all the time. And then all of a sudden obviously the coronavirus pandemic has hit and that you're immediately then into a deficit because that loss of income in terms of hospitality and, and gate receipts and things like that. So, so Liverpool, in terms of transfer spending, like you say, basically your owner would have to decide that they think this deficit is worthwhile because they can get around the uh, FFP situation. They're going to roll the two seasons together. So if if you wanted to inject some capital to get things going... That can happen, but obviously Liverpool's owners have never done that, and they're never going to do that. So the fact is, Liverpool are just going to have to tighten the belts for a little bit and have a look and see when fans are going to be back. Other clubs, like yeah, Chelsea, for example, their owners probably they've already got quite a lot of cash reserves anyway because of the transfers mm. they didn't couldn't spend. But their owner could choose to inject cash. City could choose to inject cash if they wanted and be able to work around it with FFP. But it just it just isn't going to happen with Liverpool. But the the upside of that is is that the manager is completely on board with that idea. I, I think you know we've spoken to him enough times in press conferences and, and privately to you know the, he he does buy into this idea. He's, he he doesn't think that his football world should be completely separate to what's going on outside of football and, and COVID and, and what we're all going through. So. You know, it's going to be hard for Liverpool maybe to to defend that title next season if if City do decide that they're just going to do this massive deficit spend and, and bring all these players in. But Liverpool, you would hope, will be healthier down the line for for not doing it. And I, I, you know, I can I can see why people are frustrated about it, but the reality is there, and I, and Liverpool, one of the clubs who are, are going to have to face it.
2: Yeah. They absolutely are going to have to face it. And, Grizz, uh, Umar Khalid says, fans only see transfers, but they forget things like the Anfield Road expansion and Kirby training for Complex, you know, which I, I, I read is going between 50 and £70 million pounds now. But, Grizz, uh, the, the one thing that, that that does for me is, we're not sitting here as a club in 7th or 8th position, where a squad that you know needs 6 or 7 players, and all of a sudden we're being um, hamstrung by what's happened with COVID-19. We're sitting here as the champions of England, Europe and the world, okay? With, for me, you know, the best team in the world, no doubt about it. Now, you can't argue that City, you know, can, like David says, spend out with this deficit and, and do something. But I'm fairly comfortable, Grizz, with the fact that you take a hit for a year, okay? You stay with the squad that are so tight, so well-knit together, they're so behind each other, and you say, lads, we're going for it one more time. Okay, and then you look to maybe freshen things, um, the following summer. Are you all right with that? Because there's a lot of people out there that aren't, and I think that's coupled with last season when Seth van der Berg, Harvey Elliott, and Adrian come into the club. Are Are you comfortable enough with going into next season? Going, yeah, we we we, we go what we have, and not really bother about what anyone else does. I think we have enough to go go and do what we've done this season and do it again.
0: <laughs> Gav, uh you know my opinion, sort of look on this it, it look and it's very simple it's a very simplistic way of looking at it for me anyway so look the situation we are where so the situation where we are now is a result of FSG's working model and Jürgen Klopp being compliant with that working model Michael Edwards all singing from the same hymn sheet now if that was to continue and the success was to continue then there is no other opinion to have on it. We have to trust the owners. Um, we've got no option but to. It's been proved. It's been proven to be successful and it's brought us to this sort of zenith. I mean, I, I I don't know of any club that would not like to be in our position right now. We're, we're, we're probably one of the best-run club, if not the best-run club in the world. Simultaneously... We're the champions of one of the hardest leagues after 30 years, uh, season on season improvement, points tally wise, position wise, everything wise. Our squad is sort of at a very good age, the peak of most of most of the players are peak of their careers. I sometimes I I'm sometimes can't understand what fans want after that. What what more is to sort of want from your club? Now, saying all that. There is an understanding. I do understand some of the frustrations because David said something and I and I don't and want to sort of stop him in, in mid-sentence because that would be rude, David. But what, what what David said, our owners have never done that and won't ever do that. Now, that is that would be concerning to some set of fans saying that, well, why wouldn't they ever do that? Surely the strategy they've sort of um evolved and and sort of you know made successful for us has brought us this far but then surely there's another strategy to to maintain our levels and to and, and, and sort of further improve our levels would they need to change their strategy sort of going forward once once let's say this 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 global pandemic sort of situation dies down and finances get back to normal crowds come back in we have this fantastic supposed lucrative night deal that we haven't received a penny of, by the way, a lot of people forget that it's based on sales and there is no sales at the moment. So, you know, people think far, far too ahead and simplistically, but there is there is a thought to say, well, FSG would they consider changing their working model? Because there's always scope for improvement. And that's the only concern I would have, where I would sort of join the, 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 the legions of Twitter army that are sort of on the likes of David's case every time he puts a tweet out about not spending.
2: So, I'm going to do they, it next week. I'm going to watch all his tweets next week.
0: Would, would, <laughs> they, would, yeah. would, they consi- would they consider it and should they consider it to change the working model to maintain Liverpool's co- stay on sort of competitive levels of the likes of City and not be drawn back into sort of fighting for top four every season? That's That's the only slight concern that FSG are so stuck in their ways that this is their working model. And regardless of whatever happens, that is what they will continue to do.
2: Um, Chris Brack has a question for David. He says, does David believe if they get the desired fees for fringe and loan players that FSG would use this to pay for incomings? Do you think that's something they would look at, David? Or do you think, you know, if they got, for argument's sake, got rid of three, four players and raised 30 to £45 pounds that would just look to be put against the deficit, or look to you know buy one player over Thiago for argument's sake.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine that they would sort of take the decision to weaken the squad just to sort of cover the debts. I don't, I don't think mm. there's any sort of thinking like that. Obviously, FSG not not necessarily wanting to put their own money in, but I think things like that when if Jurgen Klopp is you know, going to, for example, Dejan Lovren, Jordan Shakiri, these are two players that Liverpool still seem quite keen to move on this summer, which I find interesting on the basis that they obviously believe that there is a, a market out there for players like that and that they can get a fee which they deem is acceptable enough for them to, to allow them to leave, you know, the, because they have a choice then. It's a Jordan Shaqiri, OK, we know you didn't play much this season, we know you've had injuries and we know it's... Maybe been a frustrating time for you at Liverpool, even though you've won quite a lot. You've not really featured as much. They could say, "Give us one more season." This, you know, this post-COVID environment, we're we're really struggling. But they still seem to think that they can get an acceptable amount of money for him, which to me suggests that they also believe that then there is an acceptable acceptable buyers market out there for them to mm-hmm. to bring in, you know, some cover at left back, some sort of cover on the wings, or something like that. Um, so I think this is one of the things that does get lost in, in amongst us saying that it's going to be a quiet summer or, you know, I, I say we as in, uh, journalists saying that it's going to be a quiet summer or or Klopp saying that you're going to have to be careful and have a think about things. There could still be transfers in. That, that's absolutely. I just don't think it's going to be sort of high profile, big money ones. But, you know, let's get this right for Liverpool. That's not necessarily a barrier to signing a, an excellent player, is it? Because, you know, you look at Andy Robertson, for example, and the, the amount they got him from Hull, uh, you know, it's just one example of, of great work they've done in the transfer market. If they're looking for covering that position, for example, you can easily see them picking up a, a young player who's who's willing to take on that position, has got plenty of potential and all these numbers suggest he's going to be excellent. So yeah, you know, I, I don't think it's gonna be a big spending summer, but I do I do think that the the sort of the desire to to bring people in if they can move on those fringe players is there.
2: Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. Um, like Kieran says, there's no need for panic stations. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I see where he's coming from because, you know, this transfer window, I don't even know when it starts and when it ends. Yeah. I, being honest, nobody, does anybody know when the transfer window, is the transfer window open? Um, I think it is open, isn't it? Is yeah, Timo Werner officially a no Chelsea way, player?
1: You haven't got a clue when it ends, is the yeah. Is the, State the situation, yeah.
2: I think I think you're probably looking at somewhere around the end of September. I mean, if if they get the league the next season of the league off the ground in 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 the early weeks September, you're probably looking at the, the end of September. So but, I'll but I'll, I'll is, wait on I'll wait just, until David I'll wait until David tells me on um, the eve of the window closing that Liverpool are signing <laughs> nobody to um, rain abuse down on them, and <laughs> then um, and then and then realise that oh that's when the window ends. Um, but but just a couple of things people have mentioned in the chat. Um, and, and one of them is Jeannie uh, Wijnaldum. And th- there's a lot of going... Th- two players I've, I, was, I was thinking about this week. One was Lovren that, that David's mentioned, Chris. And the other one's is Gini Wijnaldum. There's been a lot of mixed um reports on Jeannie Wynaldum And th- the whole Degsy-Lovren stuff about extending the contract and stuff like that. They have an option to extend to 2022. And it looks like they may take it up. What's your feeling on both of them? Because ugh, it's dragging out a little bit for me now for Genie Wijnaldum
0: now Wijnaldum, i've it's it's just crazy isn't it it's you you the more you think about it, the more you think you know why hasn't it been resolved? you think you you see you start to think is there an issue there and and then when you hear about sort of the links to Tiago, you think there may be something brewing sort of one one decision being dependent on another decision so as a, look, as, 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 a, as a member of the squad, as an important member of the squad, you don't like losing one of the most, I'd say, improved and sort of most tactically astute players in your squad, and that's Ronaldo. Um You definitely don't want to lose a genuine Wijnaldum on a free transfer. Um, FSG wouldn't like that. But the fact that it's going into his last season, he's free to talk from January, isn't he, to other clubs. Would I be right in that, David? Yeah, 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 right. yeah. Uh, That doesn't leave a big window for a decision to be made. And as I said, I, I truly think that that decision um, could be sort of, you know, swayed one way or the other on the situation with Thiago if we were to sort of... Um, go for that with with regards to with regards to sort of me wanting to lose Ginny um, again. What David said earlier, in no way would FSG or Liverpool more more importantly, Klopp and Edwards want to lose such an important player without being replaced. You know, it just wouldn't make sense on any level. So I'd like to think if Ginny wasn't signing, which I I personally believe he will, um, he would definitely need to be replaced, and so therefore this sort of idea and notion of no signings its too early to sort of moan about it. It's too early to panic about it. You know, as we said, even Klopp's alluded to it, that, you know, we don't even know when the next season starts. Like the man himself has said that. And so plans are up in the air. I mean, and and we're, we're probably the most sort of carefully planned club around especially in terms of recruitment and, you know, what we look into and what we, we plan our recruitments, um, Sort of years years in advance so it's thrown everything up in the air so it's so difficult to sort of you know think what Liverpool strategy strategies sort of week by week almost we had different sort of you know um ideas and plans so look if if Ginny if Ginny may come to a stage where he probably sees these you know rumors and says Just like we hear about Thiago's camp saying he wants to try something new. Not that we've heard anything from Ginny's camp that he wants to try something new. But, you know, he's getting to that age where he needs to play every week. You know, maybe he still has memories of Jürgen Klopp not picking him for Barcelona. And, you know, we saw his reaction where he said, I was really angry. You know, one of the biggest games. um, That's
2: how you got over it, (laughs) Chris.
0: Yeah, well, you never know. You never know. But, But look... As a, as, a, as a fan, I would not like to lose Ginny especially in a free transfer. But it would be interesting, and I don't want to throw the cat on the pigeons, but it would be interesting if we got a fee, sort of, as you said, if someone saw a market, and t- uh, gap in a market and said, we'll give you 20, 30 million for Ginny Would that be sort of, you know, viable? Would would, would FSG think that makes sense? Last year of his contract, he's been a brilliant servant. You know, can we use that 20, 30 million sort of maybe... To bring an alternative forward in, maybe I don't know. So, you know, I wouldn't want to lose Jimmy personally. I think he's a fantastic squad member, and you know, and one of the most important ones for me personally.
2: Mm. David, um, there's a question here from Sean Lawson. He asks: Is there anything div- definitive on the move to Kirby? Um, I I, I presume there's some sort of delay on that because, you know, with everything that's happened um, with COVID-19, nearly everything has, well, ground to a halt at a certain stage, but has most definitely been delayed. Uh, They can't be on track for the the expected date on that, can they?
1: No, well, uh, definitely not. Um, Obviously, there was that big gap in construction, so uh, basically the idea was to move in over this summer, so Mm -hmm. maybe in terms of that. The, The question is, I suppose... Is there a possibility that it might move in for next season? Given the fact that next season possibly starts in what late August, early September, um, mm. it hasn't been ruled out. But again, so much up in the air. Sean uses the word definitive, which is just an impossibility at the moment in terms of reporting on anything because there's so much, so much uncertainty around Liverpool. And um, obviously, they'll be keeping an eye on how things are progressing with that and speaking to contractors regularly. But there's, it re- we really couldn't say when they're going to move there yet.
2: Yeah, it's um, look, it's just something that's going to have to happen when it happens, I suppose. And you know, no one's ruled out a second spike in this in this um pandemic either. So you you can't. It's it's very hard to plan, and I suppose we're talking about loads of stuff here tonight that it's very very hard to plan, and even like Johnny's looking for definitive stuff. Um, it's it's not going to happen, and I think trying to be definitive about anything in the next I would say year of football I think is going to be extremely difficult. Uh David you touched on on Jurgen Klopp being very comfortable and um, from what you've spoken to him in press conferences and privately and stuff like that he's very comfortable with the way you know FSG run things the way the club is run the people he has around him the structure he has and the outlook looking forward all that sort of stuff. Uh, when it comes to the squad he has and I'm only asking this because we've touched on Genie and We're looking at Dayon Lovren. Is he extremely comfortable in that as well, does, or does he does he ever get touchy when when certain players are mentioned about leaving or coming in? Is he always comfortable around that as well?
1: Um, in terms of happy with with what he's got in terms of his options, you mean? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think you know, you know what he's like. In t- you know, behind closed doors, he's not any different to how he speaks when he's speaking publicly and press. In terms of how much he, he goes on about he, he loves every player in this squad, you know, even your you fringe players, players who are maybe, you know, Divock Origi, for example, I know he's a, a, a cult hero at Liverpool, a bit of a club legend, actually, for what he's done in, in the past, you know, few years, but obviously when he plays, he maybe gets quite a bit of criticism from some supporters, but, you know, Jurgen Klopp couldn't speak more highly of him when, whenever he comes in, you know, he had the game the other day, him and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain didn't play particularly well, and and there was you know some criticism directed at them, and and Jurgen Klopp was very sort of forthright in terms of uh, you know defending both of them, and you know that is not to say obviously that he wouldn't be looking to make changes this summer. It's like we said, if the if the opportunity to do that comes up, for example, you know is another good example of a player who, if an acceptable offer came in. He might think, okay, I want to go and play more football. You know, start games more regularly. Liverpool might look at the price and think that's acceptable. We could maybe get in a replacement, a younger wing person, a younger player who's more comfortable playing on the wings, perhaps. Because I think that's something Liverpool do. Like is is a direct sort of replacement for Sal- Salah or Mane on either side. Um, you know, he's that sort of thing. So. You know he's happy with what he's got. If he has to go another season with it, I'm sure he won't kick up a fuss. He won't be ripping up his contract and leaving. But he's always looking for areas where he can improve, and and, you know those those areas do exist. I think fans all know where they are, and and Jurgen Klopp's fully aware of it. But it's just a case of can they do the deal? Is it possible? And you know, like everything, that's sort of up in the air at the moment.
2: Mm. Just staying with you, I'm just I'm just while you were talking there and talking about you know the options he has and, and different players and stuff the way things are behind uh, closed doors and stuff like that what's it like for you as and, and others you know um, somebody asked earlier what's, who's the biggest diva on the patch in Liverpool um, and answered their own question with James Pearson I think he's right um, James a friend of the show he's definitely the biggest diva there's no doubt about it and he'd um, be already saying that I think but what's it like for you how different is it for you guys now you know or is the routine the same or you know is there more restrictions I know, I know you do a lot of press conferences over Zoom and stuff like that but is it is it getting a bit great now? The stuff you're having to do in order to cover Liverpool because you're so used to you know going to grounds, being around crowds, you know, and um, being close to people in the ground, talking and stuff like that. What's the difference now?
1: Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't say grating because I think you know I still sort of realise that I'm quite privileged to be there anyway. So so obviously you know I'm quite looking forward to the, the the Chelsea game that's coming up. The, the the fact that I'm going to be one of very few people in the the ground who get to to see the the trophy lift and, and things like that. So, I, you know, I, I'd, I'd say maybe great. And I, I, w- I wouldn't say it's got that bad yet. Um, I'm mm. sort of really still quite pleased to be there, but, but yeah, it, you know, the routine is, is totally different. Um, you know, it, it, it just isn't the same without the fans there, you know, the, the build up, the atmosphere outside the ground when you're walking in the, you know, I sit in the press box right on the, on the edge of the press box. So I just, you know, we have people coming past chatting to us all the time and just that atmosphere and, what it's like when a goal goes in, the place going, you know, erupting and the songs and the just everything, it's, you know, it it really isn't the same, you know, the, the, you're not allowed in the ground for as long. So you usually come in, you get your food, have a sit down, chat to all your, you know, colleagues and, and get all that and, you know, makes it really good fun, but we're, we're missing out on all that. So that's, you know, a real shame. Just, you know, like anyone really just can't, can't wait for, for football to get back to normal whenever that is.
2: Yeah, I think I think we'll be waiting a little while. Um, Grizz, there's plenty of um, stuff coming in here about players that Liverpool should be looking at, or maybe suggestions. You know, somebody's mentioned Aubameyang. Other people have mentioned Ariggy um, and maybe a triori Ariggy
0: would be good for us, yeah.
2: Uh, no, he, he mean what he means by uh, is a, a possible know. deal for Rigi to get to for, to leave the club and maybe go to Wolves with Ariggy and a few quid for triori but. Um, I'll put you on the spot, Chris, and I'm going to do the same to David but I'll give him a little minute cuz he's the guest. Um, do you want to try pick me a player that Liverpool might try signing in the summer with all things considered?
0: So look from 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 reading um journalists tr- uh, journalists that we trust like David got to say that uh, no, we mean that we mean that we mean that. Look,
2: um, no, we, we, only until seems, the window's nearly over, it, it, and then, oh yeah, then we're gonna the abuse him. rains down. Then oh, yeah, oh
0: yeah, he's not, he's not he's and he's given us but, the
2: thumbs up on that, so I don't see a problem.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but but look, um, sort of ass- trying to assess our kitty is just an impossible situation at the moment, right? So if we're, but going, reading between the lines and 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 sort of Klopp himself and sort of, um, as I said, trusted journalists saying that it seems as though we're in a situation, we're in a summer, we're in a window where it has to be sell to buy, then we've got to start looking at how much our players are worth that we've just mentioned. So look, it would be very it would be very difficult to sort of put a figure on sort of someone like Origi now. I mean, Origi, when he scored the winning goal in, in the Champions League final, would probably fetch you 40 million eyes closed. If you sold him that summer, you know, he was at his highest, um, he was at his highest sort of level and everything, value in the market, and everything. Now you've got to take into consideration his form, his situation, sort of post covid fee me personally I think he would probably would struggle to fetch 20 million for him now now would that be sort of um you know suitable for FSG and think they think that well, that's fine that's a figure that we can work with you know i I, I personally think if we had a target in mind we would sell Origi. we would you remember we, during this before this we were trying to assess players and sort of we could raise hundred million easily, sort of Wilson, Origi, Shakiri. let's not forget um, um who else was there? Those sort of, I can't think on the top of my head now, but there was about five, six players that we know, Grich possibly. So you're looking at players that sort of could fetch us 20 million each easily. But then, then we think, does, as, as David says, do we think that will go all on the team? Or will that sort of will, the, will those fees be used to cover sort of the costs and expenses involved of this of this of this pandemic, and how much would be invested in the team? If you ask me, the most important area of the team that needs sort of strengthening would be cover for Andy Robbo and a striker. Sorry, a forward, a forward that's flexible that can sort of work his way in the front three position. So that's, not necessarily. So that's, not necessarily so that's, a winger
2: so that's two so I'll ask you this question can you see two players coming into Liverpool this summer
0: I can most certainly see two players coming in in this summer Um, but but I'd I'd expect the fees and that's what probably sort of starts fans off when you start mentioning low fees for some reason they they, they equate high fees into high success well no it doesn't work like that we've got so many examples that we could go through but but um, I'd say a, a, a cheap understudy to sort of Andy Robertson. I mean, you know, I know Jamal Lewis has been sort of heavily scouted from, you know, people I've spoken to. Jamal Lewis is, very, you know, de- definitely one of the guys that's been sort of highly thought of. But again, this was pre COVID. Would we go back to this situation? Uh, with regards to wide forwards, you know, it's an it's a, it's a absolute guessing game now. I mean, you know, it's, it's pretty much covered. We've covered the Werner stuff, the situation. Um, if we weren't prepared to sort of not only the fee but the wages and the, and the and the agent fee which totaled something around 107 102 million if we weren't sort of prepared to pay that package then we can rule anything like that out until unless we sort of manage to get the required fee for Bruce, the required fee for shakiri Wilson you know which is unlikely because you know we've got a We've got to be real when it comes to selling as well as buying. If we're going to be real when it comes to buying, we've got to be real when it comes to selling as well. So, look, I, I, I told guess right now. I'd say we would probably bring in an understudy left back, a cheap one, slacker Jamal Lewis. I think we hold fire on a wide forward. I really do. I think we hold fire. This is, you know, this is just my opinion based on everything. just, and I think we 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 wait late late as possible in the market. In the window to see if there is something worthwhile, and if there is, I think we do that. And if you are asking me to, as you, I think you are veering towards a name. I know you are because I know you very well.
2: Whatever and, you want, uh, I,
0: I, 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 I I think Thiago is a goer, as I've told you before as well. I think Thiago okay. could work for us. Because
2: cool, so if you heard it here to hear, force Thiago sign for Liverpool. Don't be minding all those United links. Um, David uh, Grizz has mentioned a couple of players there. He's mentioned that uh, two as the number for people coming in this summer. You don't have to have your journalist hat on here, just you um, as somebody that's looking at the Liverpool squad. What do you feel they may do?
1: Well, if, if I was just to say what I felt that they would need to do or would, would certainly look to do is someone who could play left, uh, left full-back and centre-back. They would, you know, Ideally, it would be someone who was flexible enough to do both. I know... Before he went to Bournemouth, he looked a lot at, at Lloyd Kelly, and he would have been sort of absolutely ideal for that role because he, you know, would have been signed as a young backup, but he would have had the chance to get games at, at left back and also at, at centre half as well. So that, you know, someone of that profile, if they're out there, is is definitely something Liverpool will still be looking at, uh, having missed out on Kelly. So, and then obviously, yeah, it, it's covered in terms of a wide forward because I just think we've seen enough already of the fact that I, I just don't think that's the ideal position to be shifting Minamino or Oxley chamberlain into if, you know, Salar or Mane are out. You know, those two are very much midfielders rather than forwards. So um, I think, you know, someone to do that on either side. The problem is, obviously, is that you either get someone who's very young, um, you know, 19, 20, who, who will be w- willing to wait for their opportunity. Because I just think if it's someone of, say, Timo Werner's age, that 24, 23, 24, 25 bracket... Um, they aren't maybe as, as willing to wait for opportunities and yeah. they cost so much more to to bring to the club. Their wage expectations are higher. You know, I've no doubt if COVID hadn't hit that Liverpool would have, would have had that deal stitched up now. Um, but, you know, unfortunately that's not, not how things played out. So, um, you know, in terms of, yeah. So I think a, a left-back and, and some sort of winger comfortable playing on either side. But I don't expect any massive fees, but I also don't think that's a huge barrier to getting in a, a great player. Um, but you know, a lot of that is obviously contingent on on whether they can shift uh, some of the the fringe players for the for the fees they would want. But that that is something that Gris got it perfectly for me. They will have to wait till later in the window to find out what the fee, you know what fees are the players are going for, what they can expect, who they can drive a hard bargain with or not. Um, so I'm not sure we'll be you know as soon as the season comes to a close, someone will be signed like that. But we'll we'll obviously have to wait and see.
0: What we yeah, can, I think, guarantee, I think, basically, it's going to be a very long summer for David. The likes of David, it's going to be. I'm telling you, this it's is going to be going ages for
2: along. me as well, waiting to waiting to abuse him. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
2: but it's it's. Um, I suppose the structure of a transfer today could differ wildly from the structure of a transfer in late September. You know, if the let's look, let's call it the 30th of September, the window closes, right? So we can have some sort of structure on this. But I think a structure now would could wildly be different, wildly from from the end of September when clubs are looking gone. Oh look, we're behind closed doors for another fucking six months, and we need this money in now and okay, we want the 30 million up front, but we're going to have to take the 10 and we're going to have to take the following 20. Over five years, there's nothing we can do. It's better than having a player here that doesn't want to be here and is value diminishing every day on day. Now, I know that happens in every transfer window, but it will be magnified at the end of this transfer window because of everything else that's going on outside of the actual football bubble. Um, Dan Jones asked a question ages ago. I left it up on the screen um, because I didn't want to forget it. He says, can David confirm if they're building a podium in the cup for the trophy lift? There was a report of this, um, I think it was Sunday after the game, there was a report of a podium being built. Are you building a podium in the cup, David, is the question?
1: Not, unfortunately, not me personally, but I've heard this. Okay. this yeah, Which makes sense, to be fair, because that big empty space there and it'll be, a, you know, the, the, I know the club wanted to do something special on the basis mm. that... Know, because the fans can't be there, so that I think that will be uh, quite nice, really, to see Jordan Henderson in the cup.
2: Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's a great idea because um, you don't have to do it on the pitch. So putting her in the cup, and it's a great idea for um, photo opportunities and and footage and stuff like that. Even yeah. though there's no there's no crowd there to pull it to pull it trophy it's be celebration in the how cup. They
0: do that though, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I've heard the lights are going to go out and there's going to be like sort of proper extravaganza show with sort of. Fireworks and whatnot, but uh, I don't know how th- I don't know how it's going to look, sort of, to the outside world, or maybe I'm just
1: yeah. Just hear you know, me too. slowly applaud him from the press box. You know, yeah. I can just
0: hear yeah, a, couple, a couple of claps from David. Yeah, yeah. Um, just, I, I I don't know how they're going to work that, but hey, you know, leave it to them, man.
2: Yeah, yeah well, look, it's the one big thing to um to look forward to towards the end of this season. Uh Lads, the last subject I want to go on to is the actual winning of the league because I was speaking to David before we come on and we were saying, you know, people think we've won this with a, with a whimper now because of the way things have gone on. You know, they want points records, they want this, they want that. Uh, Grizz, I'll come to you first. Uh, just winning the league is it, isn't it? It's a surely the rest of it doesn't matter. Surely the, the last three games, okay, you'll take nine points and 102 in total. But to be honest with you, if you went there and got beaten every game from now till the end of the season, it wouldn't really bother me.
0: Um, It would bother me because, I'll tell you why, because of mm-hmm. the quick turnover leading into the, expected quick turnover leading into the into the next season. So you'd like to think, so you'd want your team to be an elite, sort of sort of physical condition, mental condition. So I don't think losing every single game would quite sort of, equip. you know, it wouldn't be the best situation to go into a new season. But generally, Gav, I can, I can clearly uh, um, say that I'm the, I'm the oldest out of us three. And I'm yeah, good, the oldest though. out of the trippers, right? And I can tell you this weight it's been mad. It's been an absolute mad. I told you the last time we, we celebrated, I was I was but a teenager, um, fifteen years old. Yes, I'll reveal my age. And and I told you the way we celebrate. David, you won't know how we celebrated, but the same set of lads that we celebrated, about ten of us back in nineteen ninety, this time round, we didn't know what to do with the excitement and how how to celebrate and so was, sort of most of us are non drinkers and, and it was lockdown and everything. So we went to my mate's farm. We cut up some watermelons and mangoes. We, we, we put some chairs around in a circle um, and socially distanced and just sort of spoke with each other really calmly and, and nicely and said, wow, 30 years later, so much hurt, so much sort of false dawn, so much expectations and, you know, hopes and everything. And look, here we are now. We've just won the league. So for me, as, as, as you're saying, for the majority of the fans, there's nothing better than winning the league after thirty years um, there's there's nothing better in the w- manner we've done it as well in terms of being so such a sensational team. you know um, points records, whatever they're all lovely, you know they're all lovely they they, they don't mean anything to me personally in the long run. Um, but um, the main thing was this title and it means everything to sort of people that sort of were alive and sort of witnessed and remember um the last the last title which was like 30 years ago so yeah um these records they're nice who who wouldn't like a record who wouldn't like to sort of uh, be remembered as the team that sort of smashed menses do you know what i've changed my mind actually i've changed <laughs> my mind Cancel all that. I want this record. No, David, hear me out. No, hear <laughs> that was quick. Want, no, I've changed my mind. There must have been
2: right? Dimension of watermelon. I'm buying a yeah. watermelon for when we win it next no, season. No, Go do on.
0: You know, no, 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 no. Do you know why? It's, 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 it's this whole city scenario. I, 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 I want to be remembered. I want my team to be remembered that smashed the record points total from City, who sort of. Pumped in billions and billions into their club, and we still managed to f- finish above them in that era. I want to be, yeah, actually, yeah, I won that record, Gav. Sorry, <laughs> okay. The rest. I, uh, <laughs>
2: oh, 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 yeah, I let it out this live video. Um, no problem. Give me a sec. I'm not Paul oh, Daniels. Shit. Um,
0: oh shit,
2: it's live. <laughs> David, take a minute to compose yourself and come up with an answer that you're not going to change halfway through, if possible. <laughs> um, but for you, the win in the league is just massive for for the players the the staff the management uh, the club and the and the well the vast majority of the city. um is is the points total thing still in your head or is it just like well oh, that's you know let's let, let these lads enjoy themselves they'd absolutely deserve it
1: well i think if anyone had said at the start of the season that liverpool win the league, win the league by one point and they did lose 15 games on route to doing it i think any liverpool fan would have taken it no matter what mm. so um, you know, the win in the league is is hundred percent is the, the main point of the season and that's been done and, and phenomenal. And when the season ends, even though there's gonna be a small gap, they should celebrate that. My initial my I initially said when when the title had been wrapped up and, and I was talking to someone about the, the hundred points is I don't I didn't think it was maybe as impressive an achievement to do it with with part of that season coming behind closed doors. I know you still have to win the games but going away from home is is so tough and, that you know, something Liverpool was so impressed about. So I think, you know, it's unfortunate, but I felt that that had taken away from, from the record somewhat. That said, Jurgen Klopp hasn't been mixing his team up too much. He hasn't been, you know, completely taking chances with his team. We haven't seen much of Minamino, for example. Um, So, and, and that points record is still there to be gotten. You know, if they get three wins from here, they can do it. So I think... While it's there, why why not do it? Um, you know, Liverpool can easily win these three games, so they should. So, um, and and then other people can have the debate about about where where they stand in terms of the great Liverpool teams. I think just try and get there and and see what happens. So, you know, the, for me, the league will always be the point of this season and, and the main sort of achievement involved in it. But you know, why not?
2: Yeah, why not? I am. Um... I still don't care if we lose every game from now to the end of the season. I'm being honest. I I I said no. I said it from day one, um, that the league title is all that matters, and I have to stick by that. I can't I can't get greedy now. Despite you two being very greedy, um, <laughs> I I I'm not going to allow myself to. Although I do agree, I think we can go and be Arsenal, Chelsea, and Newcastle. Um. Uh, to be honest, that 80%, I think that's how good this side is. But, we'll have to wait and see. It's been a phenomenal season. If, it's been be, a, if, be, if
0: yeah. we get the 100 points mark, would we have an asterisk next to the sort of points? Well, I was a bit disappointed like we didn't have an asterisk. Yeah. I
2: wanted an asterisk um, and, and so much of the, the, the merchandise you could have sold with asterisk on it was was brilliant. <laughs> but now you can't. But you can just lash an asterisk on. Sure, what are they going to do? They can't do anything <laughs> to you. Sure, City are sure, going around spending 800 million quid on plants for the stadium and And that seems okay. So I don't see why we can't have an asterisk. Um, listen, it's been a brilliant show. David, thanks a million for joining us, um, and giving us your time. Grizz, um, thanks a million for joining us and giving us your time. Um, all I can think now is watermelons. And people have now, because I've mentioned Paul Daniels, are wondering, are you the Trippers, Debbie McGee? They can make, they can make their own mind up on that. I'm being honest with you. Um, Look, it's been absolutely brilliant. Um that's been a special show from the LFC Day The lads are back at ten PM tonight with the build up to Arsenal against Liverpool. I think uh Keith is hosting, um, which will uh, um make a lot of you very happy. Um Keith's a very, very popular man and um and so he should be. He's a top, top bloke. Uh but that, look, that's it. That's been us, that's been me, that's been David Lynch, and that's been Grace Khan over out.
0: Let's do this fast. Your cousin. From Boston. Sam Adams Summer Ale is brewed with a hint of citrus. Perfect for a hot summer day. Like this one. End a commercial. It's peak tanning hours, dude. I'm out. Sam Adams Summer Ale. The Boston Beer Company. Boston, Massachusetts. Drink responsibly.
2: 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
0: Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball.
2: Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's.
0: Whenever
1: someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more